Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Hoppy joining us from the cabin right now looks very, very nice there. How's your weekend going? I don't know how it looks nice here when all you see is a wood background, but it it is nice here. That that Um, looks nice to me. I'm I'm a little at a loss for words here. You you replaced your opening with... Yeah, well, I may have divulged a little something this morning with my coffee, so just trying to uh, clear out all the cobwebs there. Sure, that works. Um, so by the way, just quickly before we get into everything here, because I mean, we got we got we got fiery episode for you folks. Is it a long weekend in the states, or is it just just a long weekend for us north of the border? What for? Well, I just sometimes the U.S. has holidays that just like matches the holidays on BC. Like, right, you guys what is have your holiday. Yet? Well, ours is uh, is BC Day, and then there's some other provinces who have some bullshit fucking. No, we do not celebrate BC Day here. I'm not asking if you celebrate BC. I'm asking, do you guys have a long weekend also that lands on this weekend? Because we do not coincidentally have the weekend off to potentially celebrate BC Day. No, I was just, I was just curious. I was just curious (laughs) because I, I've been under like USA holidays for the last two, three years working with the maze, right? So, like, when Dylan was like, hey, I'm going away for the long weekend, I'm like, what the fuck long weekend is? He's like, it's BC Day. I'm like, I should know that, being the proud British Columbian I am, but I've been on U.S. hybrid work holiday hours the last two years. My old, my old schedule's fucked, Hoppy. I don't even know what day it is. Anyways, um, let's dive into some wild stuff here, man, because they've... There's been a lot. Well, actually, there hasn't been a lot going on in the news, but there's been a lot of talk going on in the news. And I know there's a few yeah. things that we want to hit on to start this episode. Well, and, and when as soon as Billy Garen stops making moves, goes into stealth mode, people come out of the woodwork to really highlight and illuminate the fraud that he is. Right. Like this guy came in as a tyrant swinging away. And I mean, really, when you think back to everything that Paul Fenton was doing, yeah, he was a dickhead internally, but he knew how to build a team. He had the blueprint. He had the framework. And Billy is just slowly dismantling that, whether it be getting rid of uh, Ryan Donato, who would have been a flourishing star playing with a guy like a Boldy or a Kaprizov. He's gone, never to be seen again. I believe he's still out in Seattle. Then you got guys like Victor Rask, who really didn't get his fair shake with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, I don't think they get nearly the blame that they should for the average performance of that line during his tenure, but getting more to recent things, right? And th- there's a publication out there that that's kind of highlighted all of this. Like he's really giving up on prospects too early. Let, let's start with that one, right? Isha? like, yeah, we've got what's heralded to be the best prospect pool in the NHL, like what, what does that even mean? Like, when are these prospects going to become real? How many times have we heard this before that? Oh yeah. There's great players coming eventually. Like and why it, are you never now? Walk. Why is he letting some just walk away? Right. Just walk away. Why aren't you giving these guys a chance? Why aren't, why aren't you watering the flower pots here? Billy Garen? What's well, going on? Dude, like for real, what happens now? If we get a guy like Hovenov who has all the potential in the world Dude, and Hovenov he goes off and greatest, becomes a, a top six skater. He came from the greatest organization in the greatest major junior hockey league in the world, and you didn't want to give him a chance. I don't know. It 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 boggles your mind. And then a guy like McBain, who like really put zero effort into trying to you know convince him to stay, it was pretty much as soon as he showed any sign of being not a hundred percent in, not totally conforming to the Billy Garen militia. Garen's like, fine, get out. Bye. And of course gets a, a laughable return back for it. Just kind of building to what we always see. Cause now we've got the he's same thing with Talbot. Hoppy. He's poisoning the culture. I mean, look, you know, that clip that came out from the wilds, you know, media 
You know, Spurgeon trying to have some fun in the locker room, saying that it's about having fun. Billy Garen totally making his captain look like a fool in front of everyone. It's like, no, it's about fucking winning. Like, I don't know, man. I think he's poisoning this culture here. And you know what? The prospect pool now has a big hole in it. You know what I think? You know what I think has to be done? I think Billy Garen has to fucking trade Kaprizov for prospects because he ain't coming back to Russia. Why do you even want to waste your time doing that? I mean, that's such a Billy Garen move, isn't it? Like that that seems right in line with what he's done up to this point. Oh, let's keep on stocking the cupboard. Let's give Judd Brackett great opportunities to sweep in and steal my title of GM. Like I going back though to like him having a short fuse with McBain, we see it now with our number one goalie, Cam Talbot. Like, first he brings in yet another buddy in Marc Andre Fleury, throwing him cash for no reason on not only bringing him in at the deadline and screwing Cam Talbot over, but then giving him this two-year deal that all but said, fuck you, Cam. And then he's going to get mad when the agent says something to a reporter and gets all butthurt and says, all right, get the hell out, Cam. I, It's just like the guy has no patience. He's so reactive and impulsive. I I don't get it, man. And again, with Flurry, we got guys like Goligoski. Why is he getting that contract? Oh. Billy won a cup with him. Cool. Ray Shero, free job. I don't even know what he does here. I, man, it's all just really frustrating. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Bring in Jim Benning. Bring in Jim Benning to clean up the mess, Hoppy. Right. I mean, that that's one option. But the biggest thing that people like don't talk about enough is these buyouts. Like, first off, he talks all about the, the importance of the culture in the locker room. So you get rid of your two captains to fix that. You're really paying them to not play. Fucking up any potential to sign Kevin Fiala, which holy shit, dude. If this guy puts up 85 points and Billy says, thanks, see you later. dude. That's why the Johnny Gaudreau's aren't signing here in free agency. That's why Patrick Kane has already reportedly said he will not accept a trade to the Minnesota wild. It's, it's well and and, and icing on the cake before we move on here he couldn't have let koivu play eight fucking more games in minnesota he let him do it in columbus are you shitting jesus me? yeah well and man i yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe we got through that with a straight fucking face to be honest <laughs> oh dude that wasn't even hard i we could have pulled out bigger swings any anyone that listened through all that nonsense if you were nodding along, if you agreed, if like any of that resonates with you, publication for you to go Bye. check out zone coverage because they're going to be way more your speed than us. Um, pretty much everything we said, we believe the opposite. Uh, Bill Guerin is single-handedly fixing this organization and <sighs> should be heralded as such. So anyone that's pissed off and wants to like come up with fun clickbait stories that they maybe do or don't believe, I don't know. I'm, I'm jury's out. Oh, hi, I don't Tony. know if this is to stir the pot or if this is actual thoughts, but I, I don't, I don't get it at all. <laughs> no, like, cause th- this is it. Like, I'm sorry. Zone coverage. You ain't pardon my take. You guys can't pull it off. Like big cat can, you know, where you obviously know it's, it's, it's blowing it out of proportion a bit, but it's within like a comedic realm. And at the end of the day, you're still walking away with some knowledge about the sport you're listening to, listening to. This last week has been just hilarious, okay? so th- and, and that's the bigger thing for me, right? Like, if you want to throw out one, like, head-scratcher, like, knee-jerk story, go for it. Don't put out three or four within a week and a half. Like, just don't do that. <laughs> Dude, I want to start reading, like, some of the other, like, non-hockey publications just to see. Like, I want to start reading some of these Viking ones and some of, the, like, the, the soccer ones from Minnesota and just see, like, okay, like, is it is it just – a couple certain writers there or is it is it this the whole thing because now i'm curious now i'm curious anyways again apologize to everyone who took us seriously in that first like six minutes there was going off i know like oh dude if i, if I had are, are prepared, one, i could have i could have had a lot to work with there oh yeah. that was off we, the cuff <laughs> we did off the cuff and you know for off the cuff it was pretty good it was pretty good <laughs> all right but yes no one should uh fret bill garen very few things that I could even criticize that he's done since he got here. And it's actually funny 
first we criticized him signing Cam Talbot, then we criticized him <laughs> letting go of Cam Talbot. So we're we're a little uh, spotty on that. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, uh, to look at what Bill Guerin has done and started building here, and to fight that he's actually improved the team just seems nonsensical to me. I don't, I don't get it. And, and why, why are you bringing Judd Brackett into this? What has he ever done to you? Like honestly. Look, I don't Judd. care what he did in Vancouver. Well, he didn't do much in Vancouver because the GM didn't let him do anything. Look at what he's doing with the team now. Like, it's insane. And to say that a prospect pool is worthless until you see what, like, comes to no, fruition. No, 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 no. That's no, no, no. just bonkers to me. No, a brand new car is, it could be a lemon, but on the lot, it's worth, you know, first round pick money, baby. It's it's the same sort of thing. Like, you, it, and Judd Brackett's job is to fill the cupboards, right? Not every prospect is going to hit. Look at some of the biggest prospect pools in the National Hockey League. You get two to three damn good players out of that and maybe some role players. And that is, you're walking away smiling. Out of how many picks? 30, 40, maybe even 50? And you're walking away with maybe five roster players. This isn't the fucking NFL, guys. All right? Chill out. <laughs> oh, yeah. To see the dissension among like players that were drafted past the third or fourth round... And people debating whether or not like this was a mistake. It's like the fuck. They're most of them are going to be mistakes. Yeah, and that's why like I'm a hybrid draft fan. Like I get hyped every year yeah. for it, but like I really like if the draft. Put it this way: like if the draft is in Vancouver, where I can where I can go, I'm all about the second to seventh round. Yeah. Any other year, I'll listen to Z. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not going hard into it because realistically, it's a fun story when the Palats, you know, when the Kucherovs, when the when those type of players pop who get drafted late, but we're not expecting. Anyways. Well, and it there's a difference too because I, I understand the criticism. Like we've had top prospect pools in the past, whatever. First, I don't think we've ever had one this good. But even if we had, How there's something to be there was something to be said for the organization at this point, though being drastically different. Players are being developed properly in the AHL. Like former regimes of the Wild would not have had Boldy or Rossi playing any time in the AHL. Shit, maybe even Beckman. Throw them in. Let's make it work. Oh, yeah, we'll shuttle them down to the fourth line. That'll be really good for their development. No, like Bill Guerin I was has sick. proven, dude, has proven in the past working with Pittsburgh, right? Like he did really good things with their AHL program. Brought a lot. Of, like, dude, look at a Brian Rust. Look yeah. at a Matt Murray pre-trade to Ottawa and then to Toronto where he'll be great again. Like Bill Guerin is going to establish the right foundation to bring players in and really shuttle them along at whatever pace is needed. And he's shown he's not afraid to overdo that. We look at Rossi. So many people wanted him up last year. We look at Kalen Addison still hasn't gotten a true shot in the NHL. Both of them need to see real time this year or be traded. Like that's Hell, Bold, Boldy got 10 games. He didn't throw him right into the fire either. Boldy earned his way onto the roster. Okay, this yeah. guy's too fucking good to be here. I mean, the Canucks had a similar problem with Adam Goodet at the time, too. It was like he forced them to get on the roster. It was because he was torching the AHL. Yeah. And I like to, you kind of hit on it there. I like Billy's mentality of give me a reason that you can play in the NHL. His is give me all of the reasons that I can't send you back. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's, he's a lot quicker to say, no, you're not ready. Whereas other teams, once you bring a player up to the NHL, well, he is better than our 12th guy. And like, it helps our team right now. So let's do it. That's not the way to go about grooming those top right. prospects. So that's going to make a big difference. But uh, again, the moves that have been made, I don't know how you can criticize that Kevin Fiala trade when you get Brock Faber, who people seem to not like, and you get, whether you want to say it's Liam Ugrin or you want to say it's uh, Danila Yurov, like either way, pick which one. Yeah, That's a pretty good return for a player that, let's be fair, like was disgruntled, like wasn't happy with how the last contract negotiation went was going to make more money than we could possibly afford. Oh, why don't you just trade Dumba? Okay. That fixes it for one year. Then you're going to have to pay Boldy next year. You're going to have other contracts that come up. Like it's not as simple as it looks. 
and oh, the buyouts are doing it. No, no, no. That money would have been on the books regardless. We just have now many time offender Ryan Suter. Like you got his Predators teammates trashing him. You got people in Dallas now saying that he's a problem. Clearly, Garen saw it and extinguished that flame. And oh yeah, reportedly, that's the only buyout that Garen initially went to Leopold with. Like that says a lot yeah. that he was the priority to get out versus Parisi, who was yeah, I, clearly I, disgruntled and deteriorated. I never, I person, and this is just this is me. This is personally Ish talking. I never, you know, felt or wanted to believe that Parisi himself was as bad as you know as people were making him out to be at the time. And now we're starting to, and maybe I'm sure there are instances where he wasn't the greatest captain, you know, leader in that locker room. Don't get me wrong, but now we're starting to see that it was more so suited. Well, and it, he Parisi and me, obviously not knowing him at all. This is mostly bullshit, but he strikes me as more of the guy that's not going to be the problem. But the fact that he isn't keeping suitor at bay is the problem. Like he kind there of enables yeah, and yeah. allows him to do his thing. And Parisi's just sitting there, lunch pail, go to work every day, like that kind of guy. Yes, yeah, like very, it, that's exactly how I see, almost like blue collar in the way he approaches the game. And that's just, again, I, and it's funny to say this because it's a Minnesota Wild podcast, but like I followed Parise more when he was with the New Jersey Devils. When he went to the Wild, like, sick with the Devils. I know, when he went to the Wild, like, again, like I followed the Wild and everything, but like, I don't know. That's when he was a superstar, right? So that's when, like, you yeah. know, in when I was playing Sim League and we had our fantasy leagues, like, we we're all trying to get Parise on our fucking roster because he's a 90 point player, right? Right. And a- again, like, looking back at signing day, I wouldn't no take regrets. it back, right? Like, that, that was a risk they had to take. You can't blame the GM for literally getting buckled after the fact by the NHL changing a rule. So that those contracts fucked us after the fact like that. Hey, if that anyone can empathize, me. it's this Canucks fan over here, guys. Right. Okay. Right. If, if there's Bobby any Lou. like that, that was, that was the Mike Gillis fucking special. Like he's the reason the league changed that rule, which is fucking right, crazy. But it shouldn't be a counteractive rule. No, nope. it should be no, no, no. applicable moving forward. And like, that's not. Oh, poor wild. Like I just, nope. that doesn't make any sense to me regardless. No, no, you use, impacts. you use the tools and you, you play within the parameters of the rules. Even if you can find loopholes, that's what GMs are hired to do, right? Build the best team by extorting whatever loophole you can. And no, I, I, I don't think you can, you can blame the management then or now for, for moving forward. It's just unfortunate that it is what it is, but this is one other thing too. And again, this is this goes back to, and I was reading this on Twitter as well, disgruntled Minnesota Wild fans. Oh, poor me this, poor me that. And I mean, the last 10 years of Canucks fans, I mean, this new, there's some Canucks fans who've never, who've never really even seen this team do anything in the playoffs, which ooh, that, that really hurts out here for, for a BC boy. And they're, they ha- kind of have that same vibe as Minnesota fans who are just poor me every year. Of course, this is going to happen for Minnesota. Of course, we have the buyouts and it's hard for, it's like, guys, Hey, shut the fuck up. Everybody else in the league has their cat problems too. I'm sorry, they do. Maybe it's not as loud, you know not as loudly reported, but every team is trying to navigate in a cap world. You, you think it's you think it's this hard for NBA GMs, for NFL GMs, MLB shit, soccer that even have fucking oh, cap dude, hits N- over in Europe. Like should, this NFL cap situation would like break your brain. It would. It, okay, it's so, so ridiculous. Like it's so easy for them to move money around and manipulate. Well, it's the same with the, the NBA. It's the same with the NBA. Like it's 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 like that's the NBA. You also just need five players and a couple reserve players. It's a little bit easier to decide how you want to allocate your funds. Yeah, but but what I'm trying to say is it's hard for every team in the National Hockey because the the yeah. cap is so fucking low for how much players are worth. So like, I don't care if you have buyout shit, if you have cap recapture, if you have, if you're even trying to hit the floor at this point, like every team has issues. Stop saying poor me. The wilder actually, if you take a step back and actually look at what some other teams are dealing with the wilds roster, given their prospect pool, given who they currently have, on the roster right now, how they really don't have a, have any aging players whose contracts are killing them. Zuccarello look pretty damn good right now. They're in pretty good shape. So zone coverage, everybody else, chill. I know there's not much to talk about. Watch some other sports. Go out on the lake. Don't write these bullshit articles rallying up wild fans to like, you know, 
capitalize on this poor me feeling that I mean, Minnesota sports fans have. Thanks for giving us something to talk about, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you, I, we have something to go off on this. Well, I mean, I credit our group chat more than anything because, like, yesterday I was like, holy fuck. First time I had to mute for, like, eight hours because I was, like, live stream is mm, 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 mm. like, holy fuck, dude. He's just so popular. Oh, no, that wasn't about me at all. <laughs> oh, how, how do you like my coffee mug? I, I noticed that. That's fucking awesome. Oh, if you didn't have the, the bush light, I'd say you're celebrating BC Day with those mountains. <laughs> yes, beautiful mountains can only mean BC. Oh, the Rockies, bro. World famous. <laughs> Alberta, the Rockies the way, would have been like, a little rockier than this. Uh, Alberta likes to claim them as their own, too. I remember Kyle was telling somebody the other day, oh, we have the Rocky. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. That's BC. Like, that is the border. <laughs> and sorry. Right, um, right. He's the only one being petty on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, Kyle, uh, I said this off air and I was laughing before coming on here. And sorry if you're listening, Kyle, but he's a little pissed off this morning because I'll be bought a brand new drone so we can start filming some beautiful scenes of Vancouver Island from the air. Um, Kyle, a little overzealous, doesn't do any test flies near the, like, the ground, doesn't do any hovers. Apparently flew the thing right into a river. So bye bye. Right Thanks. out of the case into a river. Rest in That's, peace. I mean, little overzealous right <laughs> probably should get your bearings and figure out how it works before you go just full like send, but... not fly it near a river like i know we're on an island but come on <laughs> oh. first i'd like to propose a toast to umd goaltender alex stalock to stalock i love that stuff been drinking it for years you know i, I heard they recently decided to add more hops it. You're all hopped out. That was an accidental transition there. Have to give a shout out from last weekend. Um, I know I mentioned where I was going to be going. Oh. Um, went to two breweries after we recorded with uh, my buddy. He wanted to go out and cruise in his car. And I'm like, sure, I'll go with. And went to Lupine Brewing out in Delano, the home of Ben Myers, who we miss deeply. And of course, now we'll be with the Colorado Avalanche, which sucks. But um, anyways, uh, good beer. A very similar taproom vibe, Isha, to Earthrider. Yeah, yeah, like, that's your thing. Had the live music and like very like just dive bar-esque, which I really liked. I think that's pretty cool. Um, didn't have a bad beer there. Nice. And then the next move was out to Hutchinson, a brewery that's literally called Bobbing Bobber Brewing Company. incredible um really cool branding everything inside their massive space is all like lake and fishing oriented um and their beers quite good um the one that i got to go uh which was why it was a subtle transition that i didn't think of was called full send um incredible ipa but they i had several different styles there and again like nothing missed there was probably two that I would go back for, but across the board, like nothing that was bad. Nice. Um, I, I didn't go to this brewery because it's in Vancouver. I actually might hit it up because it it kind of ties into when I came to Minnesota. Um, remember I told you and I talked about this on the podcast too, a past episode. That bartender at that Stanley Park brewing like pop-up uh restaurant yeah. at, at YVR. So he he and I follow each other on Twitter now and like we actually still interact. Like he retweets a bunch of my stuff and he's he's fucking hilarious. Like there's a reason he almost has ten thousand followers and he's I mean he's a damn good bartender. Don't get me wrong, but actually he even hooked Hoppy up with uh, a little a little souvenir from Stanley Park Brewing as well. Um, so anyways, picked up a a twelve pack of Stanley Park Brewing. I've always been like I've always been a fan. Their beer's always been good. But uh, they they rebranded as of late and came out with just like a, a summer feature that had. The Waypoint Hazy Pale Ale, which, oh my god, I can't wait to crack this open here in a sec, which is unreal. And then last on the live stream, I pretty much had every single one, so I have the cans here. Park Sesh Lager, now I know it's, and I said this on the live stream, it's a lager, like, kind of hard to miss. One of the best ones I've ever had, honestly. Like, I will go out of my way. If this was only at a brewery, I would drive to the brewery to drink a fucking lager. So, it just, it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, What else we got here? I'm not a huge amber ale fan, just almost a little too rich for me, but had two of them last night. It's wow. fucking ring light. <laughs> very, very nice. And then the trail hopper. This is probably the best one. Not too bitter. 
I know a lot of people, if you like your IPAs, sometimes you really like like the double, you really like the hoppy stuff for those who like are just craft beer fans. You like something a little bit in between. This is for you. This is it's it's pretty mild. The trail hopper IPA and everything was around 5.5%. So um, nothing that's just going to like fuck you up too much. You can try a little bit of everything and uh, yeah, about to crack uh, the hazy pale ale at 8.38 a.m. this Sunday morning. Boom. Well, I mean, I have to make up for it. I haven't had a beer on the podcast the last like two days, two weeks. So. so there you go. I'm not even hungover and I wasn't feeling too good last night, let me tell you. But I think it was more because I was sitting for seven hours, not necessarily drinking for those seven hours. On, I'm sure... You put a lot into it to watch wrestling, so I can understand. Stop. It's funny. You make fun of wrestlers or make fun of wrestling fans. Don't make fun of me. Like, what? <laughs> I'm watching the real sport for fuck's sakes. So you want me to make fun of wrestling fans, just not this wrestling fan? Oh, make fun of wrestling fans who watch the stupid sport of wrestling. That, not That's what I'm doing. That's a, uh, what is it? Pro wrestling, not NCAA. I have respect, unlike Hoppy, for those who, uh, Enter the cage or the ring or the mat for that sakes. Anyways, um, let's go around. <laughs> We're getting too fired up. I was going to go on a whole fucking UFC thing today, but I want to wait and bring Jason back on soon because they're actually releasing some more beers at Wabasha. He wants to jump back on. <clears throat> and we just had a string of like interesting UFC events where he wants five to 10 minutes to jump in on it. So I told him like, give me like a week or two because there's another pay-per-view in two weeks. Maybe before that or after that, we'll bring him on the podcast. Fire up our title hop. You get some SEO from UFC 278 and uh and bring jason back to talk about some of the good beers that they have there at wabashaw because i was just bullshitting with him on one of the live streams i think it was two weeks ago now and he was just like pumping this and that and i was like damn it we got to get you on the podcast because like no one's gonna watch this three and a half hour stream at this point and you know after a post but we want to we want to continue to pump some of this stuff so. well and of course it, we already loved jason and his beer but now that they're fully entrenched and in bed with our boys over at seventh avenue pizza like, oh man devout disciple at this point yeah i'm glad we're that we were able family. to free them of the heggies burden um <laughs> got to get him on to talk about how that's been popping off too yeah, absolutely. Um, so around the NHL, uh, let's start with Anaheim Hoppy because one of the big free agents finally lands. And no, Kadri still unsigned. Um, but uh, Anaheim lands the defenseman, Lindholm. Yeah, um, very interesting. Obviously for Anaheim, I love the move, being able to get him on a one-year deal. Like that's perfect for him to come in, see how he fits. Maybe if he loves it there, he agrees to a better... AAV, but a little bit more term, but it also makes for a seamless transition too. like someone to kind of learn from for that. That was poorly phrased. I was going to say learn from for the kid Drysdale, but a good mentor for Drysdale. We'll yep. say um, obviously just given the overlap of their skills and their potencies, I think that that could just maybe be all that they're looking for from that. Because uh, long term, you got to think Drysdale is the power play quarterback for that insane group of forwards that we can touch on here in a second. But my biggest question that I don't think any of us can answer right now is just what does this mean for defensemen, right? Like we've seen big fucking tickets get handed out with big term Darnell Nurse, Seth Jones. Like they're the top of the list for the ones that were like wondering how they got that deal. Who, who just went recently? Wasn't there a defenseman free agency who went for big? Oh, um, Sergeyev. I mean, oh, yep. Restricted, but still, yeah. And that was still bigger than I expected him to get. No, I know, but especially I mean, with we, the, we have the to throw factor. that into that category. Yeah. Like that is oh, yeah. that's monstrosity contract. <laughs> but so for me, it's wondering one, was this just a bad year for Klingberg to be a free agent? Like there just wasn't a fit, whether it was teams that wanted him didn't have the money, teams that had the money didn't want him. Um, or is it that 30-year-old defensemen aren't going to be having money thrown at them anymore? Like, is this going to be the case for him next year as well, assuming that he has a good year? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But like you highlighted there, this is a, perfect fit for both sides because you know anaheim if if it works out if they can maybe get them a little bit cheaper like but like you said with some term and it, it's a good fit for this core for this group moving forward as they're probably going to be a hell of a team in a few years then then sweet it, it works out right if not you deal them at the deadline and you well, get some assets in return 
you you got to touch on this though because you've already pretty much got them penciled as a lock for playoffs this year don't you no not not quite you're, but you're I'm getting just, pretty pretty hot and heavy on in them the, in the, chat. In the group chat not necessarily for them to make the playoffs but just on their build overall like i i'm i think it's realistic that you have to be patient with this team but if you look at the framework if you look at what's still in the cupboards and you look at you know i hope gibson lasts another five years at this elite level because he's getting up there but goalies tend to last a little bit longer. We'll see. He has taken a lot of a, a lot of the load these last few years. Let's let's be honest. But if he can last, shoot man, this team's going to be fucking incredible. I mean, look at Jonathan Quick. He 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 lasted until well, fucking this year for the Kings. Yeah, which for him is pretty impressive just given given he has he, metal hips, yeah. <laughs> well, and him and Flurry are both the guys that you do kind of marvel at how long into their career they've been effective. Luongo too. I know he retired. But... Style though, right? Like yep. they're the ones that dive around, flop around. Like that seems like it'd be a lot harder to maintain and keep up over the years. No, but no, I. Well, anyone I who John flops or, or or plays that butterfly low, because then you're just always your knees and your oh, yeah. you're just always crouched, right? And that's what Lou. <laughs> he didn't move, <laughs> but he was always like, look like a fucking Bro. crab in there, right? And that's why his his hips are fucked too. I mean, he has metal plates there too, but. Um, but yeah, so, so that's why I'm high on the ducks. I think if you like, if anyone's playing be a GM, for example, let's, let's throw back to layman's terms. If you're, if you're playing be a GM, that is, that is the blueprint. You want to do everything the ducks are doing. If you want to have a chance to win the cup and that's like video game mode. I mean that how the GM and team is operating right now. It's almost like a video game, how like mm-hmm. seemingly perfect everything, every step is going. Yeah. And I, the biggest thing for me, man, because I, I really do like the build of this Ducks team. I like their trajectory. I don't see it for them this year, even after how high I was on them last year, because I might be the only person that thinks that there's actually going to be a competitive Pacific this year. Kings are going to be, they're going to take another step, I think. Dude, I, and they I were think good last year. They're going to be better this year. Going into the season, you've got three teams that, you feel pretty confident in shockingly at this point, we're saying it's the flames because I do yeah. like what they were able to do there with that trade for Kachuk. Yeah. So flames and then obviously Kings and Oilers, like that's probably your three short yep. of an injury, right? Canucks got better. Assuming they keep JT this year, they got better. So a little bit better, but they're going to be competitive. They were knocking on the playoff door as well. So that right. they're going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, Anaheim's going to be a pain in the ass regardless. Dude, even if they Vegas, go, we're not even talking about oh, Vegas. Fucking Vegas. Honestly, though, I hope and Vegas actually, crashes and burns. I hope fucking I, Vegas crashes and burns. I hope so. I don't see that happening this year, but maybe watch, watch. I mean, and I, and I hate to say this cause I know he's the, the American boy, but watch Jack Eichel just that's the only 40 reason points this year. People are going to hate me this year. I'm, Especially Joey, because Joey hates Eichel for all the stuff. Oh, that we gotta bring we gotta bring Joey back on soon. Man. I know, dude. How, I miss we gotta him. figure out when he's not backpacking. I'll I'll get him yeah. to do it. But uh, I personally just want to see him be okay. I don't need them to win a cup. I don't need any team success. I just want to see him do well and shut everybody up. I that's need just been down his fucking throat. I need to see him win a silver medal at the Olympics. <laughs> then I'm good. <laughs> nice. Or um, bronze, but just not gold. <laughs> then, then Isha, we've got Seattle, who I do think is improved. I don't think that they're a threat for playoffs, but yeah. that's one less easy game, right? Yep. Like if you're in the in the Pacific, you're counting on. Yep, we're gonna get to play Seattle six ish times. That sounds lovely. And now it might be a little bit tougher to win that one. As sad as it is. Sharks are probably the worst team in this division this year. In Dude, my opinion. They're going to be fucking manhandled this year. Like, oh my God. Like Shark Week was their last highlight. That was their last big promotional step because it's going to be the SAP Center. It's, is it still the SAP Center? Did they change it? Dude, I can't keep up. Who with the fuck? The SAP names. Center, whatever it is the SAP. It's going to be a little bear. Uh, this the Shark year, Tank. The Shark Tank. But remember when they had those like almost like blue tinted lights for so many years, they finally changed them. Dude, I was going to say, remember back to NHL hits video games where you could actually play in a shark tank. Oh yes. That was pretty cool. Fucking PlayStation. I had that shit. <clears throat> and then everyone either used the avalanche, the red wings and the devils because they were just so much better than every other team. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'd uh, always use uh, growing up Avs. You'd always use the Avs. Oh yeah, that was me for sure. Super team. They're basically I, I love, Canada's all team. Oh dude, I loved Patty Wah and Joe Sakic. Dude, Burnaby Joe, man. He was getting so much flack here four years ago when that when the the Avs were at the bottom of the barrel. Everyone was like, "This guy's not a real GM." What are play? I mean, so many articles, zone covered style, were coming oh, out. Yeah. Player, uh, former players shouldn't be GMs. Blah 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 blah. Well, look at Stevie Y. Look at crazy how arguably the three best GMs right now, or three of the top five, we'll say, are Garen, Iserman, Sakic. Say a pretty good run. Well, I forgot. Sorry, Garen's an awful GM and should be banned from the country, not just Minnesota, from the entire country. Send him to Canada. Oh, man. Dude, people are ridiculous. Um, But yeah. uh, Okay. Next topic. <laughs> Trade rumors. Trade rumors involving the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, I know uh, David Pagnota, he likes to stir the pot a little bit. He was, he, he kind of went like pretty hard on saying that like, okay, Kane rumors, like they're firing. People are calling about him this, this and that. And then like we saw like uh, our boy Brett hit us up with another article that actually said like, you know, pump the brakes. Like there's not as many phone calls as many people are are, are thinking there are, but the, the Blackhawks, they're going they're trying anyways to go full rebuild. And how do you do that? You get rid of Taves and, and Kane's contracts. So we've talked well, about this in, in past episodes. Kane, obviously, he's still got he's still an elite hundred point player in the National Hockey League. Taves harder to move, but as our boys at Everything College Hockey still pointed out, still a damn good player. And why teams wouldn't want him, especially if the, the Blackhawks are gonna retain some cap. It's interesting. Taves? What do you think about this situation? Yeah. Uh so first and I guess we know that. Taves isn't happy and he will be gone after his contract expires, whether they trade him, whether they keep him through this year. We don't know. I don't, I don't really know what you're willing to give up for a Jonathan Taves, right? Like even if it's half salary retained, that's still 5.25 that you've got to find a room for, which isn't the easiest for a lot of teams. Just and he's a middle Dumba. six forward. Like <laughs> just trade dumb, but it's easy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Because the hey, wild is... an idea for zone coverage. Trade Dumba to acquire John. I'm gonna, I should just. T- I'm going to tweet them right now. Anyways, yeah, continue. Jonathan Taves. I like it. I mean, hey, there is the the added value of just loving that the Blackhawks would be so upset for him to be playing in Minnesota. Yeah, but I mean, hey, the Wild could do worse at center. <laughs> they need centers. Um, they do. And hey, maybe him and. Jost somehow magically make the the Sioux magic happen. Did I just say magic? Well, hey, I mean, magic happen. Older <laughs> older centers who were perceived to be on their way out have actually done pretty good in Minnesota. I let Eric Stahl. Maybe Jonathan Taves pulls an Eric Stahl on us. So you're literally reading one of the zone coverage articles. I'm literally on their article <laughs> or on the yeah. website right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause I'm pretty sure I saw that. And I mean, do I think that that could happen? No, but do I think that he's still an effective middle six center? Sure. Yeah. Um, like I still think he's a 60, me... like he's a 60 point guy with still a, a solid two way game. He's just remember when he was quick, like remember how fast he was when he was younger before he took all that damage. And that's what was terrifying. He was like, he could do Crosby type things as far as moving the puck yet in my easy there. Crosby type things not he wasn't Sidney Crosby but, but there was a time where people were putting them I'm not that but you know what I mean there was a time where he was elite to the elite in the league and he was doing things right speed, and there's and there's level. people that say Bill Guerin's a bad GM people say dumb things okay okay this guy was at the elite of the elite the fact that he doesn't have the speed anymore you know that that's what I'm saying like shave off 30 to 40 points but that two-way dog that 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 game that that winning mentality that that made him successful that's still there. So I still think he's valuable, just obviously at no, not at that price point. Yeah, and short of him going somewhere that he loves, like getting traded this year and loving where he lands, I think he's all but assured to go back to Winnipeg. It's got to happen. Oh, it's a place that he can go and not yes. worry about media or any of the dude, bullshit. Dude. It's hometown boy. It's a good yes. fit and. Like they need, like, yeah, be the first free agent that like Dude, wants to go there. That fit uh, for some reason that in my mind that just fits the the Winnipeg mold. You know what I mean? But I don't see them trading for him right now. They'll just get him at the end of the year. Wait, is Maurice still the coach? They didn't find Maurice, did they? What? You're high. 
I am high. Yeah. Okay, they Dude, did. Yeah. Shovel Day Off. Fired him last year and yeah, he's already she- signed with the team. Sorry, Shovel Day Off. That's what I got mixed up. <laughs> Those are very uh, different. But I mean, so, so that's what this is. A, this is a shovel day off type player. <laughs> like he builds big teams, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like a very sensible fit long term, especially again, they just need people that want to be there. Um, my bigger question, though, is what happens with Patrick Kane and all of this? Because everyone thinks it's such a foregone conclusion that he's gone. And maybe because of the, the Taves quote, right, where it's that. Kyle's looking at a five-year process to rebuild. Maybe that means Kane is out, but he loves yeah. Chicago, loves being there, wants to go down as a Chicago icon. Dude, they'll pay him stupid money, and he's a guy that can at least still sell tickets because at the end of the day, Blackhawks need to sell fucking tickets still. So yeah, if you get a good enough package and it's worth moving on from him, or if he tells you he's not coming back, then yeah, get something done. Just not with the New York Rangers, for the love of God. Oh. Um, well, does he want to yeah, win for... anymore? That's the thing. Like Taves, he's he's wired. He's that Canadian hockey player. Is like, I win. Like that 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 that's his. That is his only. So yeah. I'm. That's why I'm not surprised he's work. Kane, and it's no disrespect at all. But he's he's a he's a better player. He's a yeah. super. He's a, he's a superstar. He's already a Chicago icon. Where if he wants to win, he's gonna go somewhere else. If if sure. he wants to just keep playing hockey and be that superstar in Chicago, which I do not blame him one bit if he wants to do that. Then, like you said, he's going to stay in Chicago. He's going to give him 14 mil for like three years, right? So you wonder too, though, because like not apples to apples necessarily, but you look at a guy like Mike Madonna, right? Like it wasn't a matter of wanting to win or not wanting to win, right? Like he wanted to stay with Dallas. He wanted to retire a star. Like that was so important to him. You want to have all the records for the team. You want to have a statue built one day, whatever. And he wasn't given that choice. Whereas Patrick Kane is very much the opposite. It'll be 100% his choice. But I think you got to have that conversation. If he wants to stay, maybe you got to keep him. But if he's at all questioning it or says he wants out, you move him as fast as possible and get the best return you can. And I think the best case scenario here for the Blackhawks, uh, this is not a hot take at all. I'm sure everyone will be saying this, but going off of my... Jonathan Taves back to Winnipeg. If Patrick Kane goes to Buffalo, that would one be Jeez. fucking awesome. I was fun just to watch. gonna that, that was my next Joey, one. I was like, Joey, I want, I'm praying for you. I'm I praying. want that to happen. I but, want that to happen so bad, dude. Agreed. So but bad. The the bigger thing for me is that makes it a lot easier for Blackhawks to kind of spin their web of yeah, you know what? These guys really did a great job for us. Won us three cups, so monumental to the organization. We wanted to let them go home and finish out their exactly. careers where they grew up, came from. Nice. Like, And then fans can kind of be less bitter towards both the org and the players. Hopefully you get a good return regardless of where Kane goes this year because, again, he can go wherever and Buffalo can still sign him after this year. The Blackhawks um, should hire you because they're not fucking smart enough to make a decision or to do anything uh, like that. Let's be clear. I'm not the only person smarter than the Chicago front office. So. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of people in line that are probably more suited, but she, even I'm probably um, up there. <laughs> plus if I went in, like my only goal would be to sabotage the org. So <laughs> don't hire me, Chicago. Um, oh, man. But um, yeah, I, I, is... I'm just not convinced that Kane is for sure gone. Long way of saying it. Buffalo Sabre, Buffalo Sabre. That'd be sweet. Dude, could you imagine? Holy shit. Kane's 2.0. Well, it's, it'd be, sorry, it's, it's, it's fucking Jonathan Taves 2.0 at center there. So let's fucking go. He's gets a young version of Taves. <laughs> that kid's good, man. That kid's good. Anyways, uh, what else is going on in the league? Um, in Vancouver, actually, because this was a big case in, in British Columbia, Jake Vertanen uh, was proven innocent by a jury in BC courts here and has come out and said that he's, you know, trying to get back into the national hockey league. Obviously that's a touchy subject as well. And we don't know yet his involvement or, or lack thereof in the 2018, um, you know, world Canadian world junior hockey, uh, sexual assault, you know, case there, which was settled by the way. So I don't know if we're going to hear anything about, him probably not <laughs> not much but I mean, uh maybe again, something the, leaks but uh, you gotta yeah. imagine if they settled that quick 
there's and a reason are, and they're going to yeah. cover shit. And that's my personal assumption. I followed this player since he was, you know, in junior. Like I, I saw, I, I saw him drafted by the Calgary Hitman. I, I watched him in, in, you know, so I've been following this guy for a long time. And just based on everything, based on everything, when there's a storyline, like I personally would think that lean towards that. He probably maybe was involved in that. If he didn't make a statement saying not. And then yes, he was proven innocent in this case. So Innocent until proven guilty. That's how our, that's how the law works. You still don't necessarily have to like the guy. And right now there's a fucking war on Canucks Twitter. We're like kind of the old school minds, maybe certain minds who lean one way politically are going hard at like ripping on everyone. Who's like, why would you still hate this guy? Why don't you want to see him back in Canucks jerseys? While the other, you know, half where I'm probably would say I'm included is going, why the fuck are we talking about this bust of a prospect anymore? Honestly. So anyways, uh, but Isha, there's, a 1% chance that he becomes a superstar and you can't let these prospects just walk away. What is this zone coverage, Vancouver? Yeah, it's really it. Oh, actually, actually, there there was a publication. I'm not even kidding. Um, Vancouver hockey now, which by the way, I'm sick of these San Jose now hockey now, Boston. Now they're anyways, personal gripe. Um, But yeah, so there was a, a Vancouver writer who literally wrote a whole thing. Like, bending over for this kid i'm not like it was really biased and everyone's like are you fucking kidding me like you couldn't just report on this like a normal person you have to really like kind of bash the community who's not happy that this story was even attached to the canucks at all which i think is fair i don't want my team to have any sort of connection with sexual assault or abuse cases anyway so it's yeah it's that's canucks ideal. twitter i mean it's it's every day in canucks twitter there's a civil war going on but this one seems like it might they hit the streets a little sooner than than I thought. Nice. Um. Anyways, last thing <laughs> I wanted to hit up or hit on, anyways, was uh, Hoppy. Next week, as crazy as it as crazy as it is in in August, the World Junior Championship, it's back. It's back. Um. I haven't even really, and we'll talk about this next week. I haven't really gone through like what the rosters are actually going to be hell. I don't even think the teams know exactly who's in and who's out is every day. It's like, okay, this player committed at this time, but is that because of this or whatever? So I know um, a lot of the European rosters are set a little bit easier. They're they're unless they're superstars who are coming into the, the superstar prospects, sorry, who are coming into the national hockey league first rounders or those who pass first rounders who played their year development or come to the national hockey league for the most part, the Euro teams are set. I know some of the wild players um, team Sweden, Team Finland, they're, they're going to be there. Um, but as in regards to the Team USA, and even if you have any thoughts on the Team Canada, which is a little dicey right now, anyways, um, who are you excited to see, and who are you hoping to see? You know, from the American side, maybe even Wild Prospect side, or or anybody else that that you feel you're robbed of watching so early? Because I think we only got two games, two or three games, um, back in December. Yeah, uh, you can probably guess who my number one guy is from that. And it's Logan Cooley. Um, I am obsessed. Kid obviously came from Pittsburgh, even though he's a, a Washington fan. That's kind of weird and gross. But <laughs> kid's going to play for the Gophers. I like and I'm excited to get that little preview of what we can expect this year when he hopefully plays with Mr. Nyes. And holy shit, would that be nuts? Matty Nyes is legit. Oh, dude, he's in. I'm so happy that he's back too. him and Faber back bringing in guys like Cooley and there's definitely more prospects filtering in, which is why you saw so many guys enter the transfer portal because they know that they don't have real yeah. spots. Dude. I I'm so ready to be hurt again this year. Uh, Gophers <laughs> have everything needed to be like a top five team all year and then just disappoint me in the tournament. I'm hoping that ends up not being the case obviously, but I've just been conditioned for it. You got Fuck, Minnesota I sadness. I can't wait to watch another tournament in Minnesota two years in a row. Um, and then the other one for me is uh, Ugrin, just because yep. I haven't really seen a ton of him. Like, I don't watch much European hockey, right? And I mean, I'm not a big prospect guy in general, but if I'm watching, it's college hockey, it's junior hockey, and either, yeah, you know, U18, somewhere U20s, in North America, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so it'll be cool now to see him and kind of to measure him against the other two uh, guys that got drafted right around there. You getting one of them, right? Lekramaki. Yeah. Like, I just want to kind of see where he stacks up among those players. Want to see how he profiles a little bit. Just 
get a little excited for when he maybe comes over in a year or two. Yeah, I'm excited for Team Sweden, obviously. Um, I, I don't know. Was it is it confirmed that Wallstat's playing? I'm pretty sure he is for the junior team. I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, as far as I know. I want to keep seeing him play. So him and, and Ugrin on the same team, fucking rights. That's that's for a Minnesota fan or someone who covers the team. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. That's what that's basically it's basically like a free pay-per-view event. It's prime time. You gotta watch that shit. I mean, this is one of the greatest tournaments ever. It's gonna be weird because it's in the summer. I get it. Um, but Wallstat, I just I just and, and again, wild fans who you know, like aren't casuals, the hardcorns, you know his stats, but I just gotta I gotta read them out here. In 22 games with the Swedish hockey league, the highest level, okay. 1.98 goals against average, nine uh 91 save percentage. Like in 22 games, like th- that's insane, man. That's insane. Like, yes, he was the yeah. backup for that team, but he, he put up starter numbers. That'll be fun. And of course, we're going to get the immediate reaction that, oh no, he needs to be up in the NHL right away this year. And I'm just going to continue to ignore those comments. Well, if you're, if you're um, zone coverage, they're going to say that he needs to be traded. <laughs> well, they're going to say, He's so good, get some assets for him, get some well, assets for the asset. <laughs> and, and there's, and there's no way to measure how strong a, a prospect pool is apparently because we don't know no. what they'll become, but yeah, having nine guys with the potential for 12 guys had all things shaken the right way with Russia, obviously not playing. And then with, you know, unfortunate incidents with a player getting cancer, we'd have 12. Like that's, yeah. I think that's saying a lot, especially when you look at how strong a lot of these teams are like, these aren't pushover. Like, Oh, this is a bad year. Like, no, there's going to be some, really good teams to watch here in this world junior uh, especially i mean not to pump your tires isha but making team canada for world juniors is definitely like a bar and the fact yep. that we've got a handful of players playing for team canada like that does speak to at least the potential for those players and you know it, it's getting to the point where in world juniors like you you kind of just want to watch every team like even this and again I I maybe am a little I maybe I swoon a little too much because of our boy exactly that but like the Swiss program has been like my darling program like I've watched that junior program in the last five years just get better and better every year and yes like they're ne- they're they're not gonna get bronze or they're not gonna get a medal but they've really been a pain in some of these teams asses now maybe not Canada maybe not U S but that second tier. They've competed with them. So, and there's always a Swiss prospect here or there, right? Maybe there's one that's carrying the team or, or it's just not on your team that you follow in the national hockey league, but it's just, you know, the most high profile Swiss kid. So you want to, you want to watch them regardless. And so that's what I like about the world juniors, you know, barring Kazakhstan or like what, whatever, uh, Latvia, the teams are competitive now. And there's always like a reason to tune in, you know, outside of those two teams where there's very rarely like a high profile Latvian prospect or, or Kazakh, but like, Hey, the way these programs are going, there could be one soon. Yeah. And Germany, yeah. how about Germany now too, right? Whenever they're in, their program right now is, is great as well. We're seeing some great players come out of that. So um, I'm really excited that the top team is obviously Sweden. I want to see also the Vancouver Canucks drafted Elias Pettersson 2.0, a defenseman who's going to be playing for the Swedish junior team as well. Um, he actually torched the uh, Swedish, the, the junior league there. He had 17 games in the SHL, but... I think one point or I don't know. still, still a young kid, but uh 17 games still in the big leagues before being set back down. Yeah. I think Sweden, Canada, us, they're going to be the big dogs here. Finland. They're, they're always a hit and miss. It's either they're fucking like revving it a hundred. No one can beat them. They look like an NHL team because they're so big or it's like, okay, there, there's a gap in the class this year, man. I'm, I'm wondering if I need to have my next Jersey be the highlighter yellow wall stat. Oh, that might be that might be needed. I think, but then like, how do I choose between that and the Rossi? That that gets that's tough. The thing. I want to get a, a Besser Bick jersey as soon as I land in Minnesota. <laughs> there that's you my go. that's one of my favorite. I mean, I fucking love the Beauty League, by the way. It's so awesome. Duh, Beauty League. Duh, Beauty League. Um, Don't you put shame on that? <laughs> um, um, did you follow yeah. it at all? Uh, you know, the first year I went a handful of times because like no one really knew, knew about it. it at the time and it wasn't like this crazy rush to get in and i think it's getting more and more expensive to go to um but it's an awesome thing that they do like um and it's just a a fun thing to have 
I don't know, something to talk about with that. Man, it was so but big in, I, in BC. I've seen a couple, and it's like I don't need to really. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. Right. It was so big in BC when Besser was like a prospect coming up because we just wanted to do whatever we could, however, however we could to watch this guy. So like, yeah. I remember we had, we had fucking watch parties, me and my friends, we would on the, we had like a, a fucking projector and we watched the beauty league games because we just wanted to see what this kid had. We had no idea that like this was really watered down summer hockey. So we were watching, <laughs> holy fuck, this kid's torching everybody. This is crazy. Right. And he comes to the Penticton tournament. We're like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it didn't look like the guy was even chasing him. Uh, no, no, the guy wasn't even chasing him. Um, By the breakaway. way. <laughs> if if just, just something for um, American listeners or, or those in the Midwest, if you and you can, it's on YouTube, so you can watch it. I know it's coming back. If you have any prospects like in it on your team that are playing for either or in the system of either Canucks, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and I believe Calgary, there's a there's a tournament right before prospects camp, or right before like the the first camp before training camp where like the prospects come in, and it's uh, it just I think it's just called like the Penticton Junior Tournament or something like that. Just keep an eye for it out on YouTube. I know all those teams stream it. The Canucks do for sure. It's basically like the young stars of those of the, that training camp of like the prospects who get invited and they play a, I think it's a five game tournament and it's fucking sick. Cause it's like, it's like a little mini world juniors. Cause like these kids, like they're fighting for just basically an invite to main camp. And some of them, you really see the difference between like, for example, Besser and uh, Demko were on the Canucks first Penticton run. And like they dominated that tournament. So you do see like the, the men against boys, but it's just a really cool tournament. It's free on YouTube, so I wanted to give that a shout out. It, it should be starting like right after the World Junior, so in a few weeks. Add it to the list. You and Z will stream all of it. Um, oh, Z! I'm sure Z fucking is, is all about that shit too. Dude, for the Beauty League though, the first year I went, that's when I learned about because um, I back then didn't watch a, a ton of Mankato hockey. Oh, okay. So didn't really know about him through that. And I see him out there skating. I'm like, who is this Teddy Bluger? And it says like Pittsburgh Penguin prospect. I'm like, huh, I missed that somehow. And watch him out there. I'm like, huh, I guess he could be okay. And now I just absolutely am in love with the guy. Nice. He, oh, I hope, I hope he stays with Pittsburgh for a while. That's awesome. Oh, by the way, uh, Mankato liked uh, a tweet of mine, which I felt proud of. Well, it was, Holy they shit, were tweeting. Dude. You should just retire. I know there's uh they were tweeting, they're tweeting. They're like, and they just tweeted like their logo. They're like, first person you think of when you see this logo. And I was like, Alex Micheletti. <laughs> Ooh, just dog they, and Marissa. Mean. They thought it was pretty funny. I said the first person, okay? Marissa was the second. Yeah. By the way, Marissa, get back to us in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, look at that, Hoppy. Run out of topics. 57 minutes, just under an hour. Look at that. Look at that. When nothing How goes on, we can still drag out an hour. <laughs> Oh yes. Oh, I can I can talk about nonsense all day. Thank you, uh, zone coverage. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you want to dive into, man? I mean, no. I'm still free agent. <laughs> yep. Hopefully, we got some news on that front soon for his sake, because I'm sure it's not fun sitting and waiting. But I still think there's a chance he ends up with Colorado. I think that's part of why this is taking so long. You know, I saw a good tweet, um, and it was. <laughs> It's it's clear to me that Nazem Kadri is signed by the Islanders because Lou Lamorello does not like fun and he's not going to announce it until the day before training camp. <laughs> I was just like, that's that's a good tweet. That's a good tweet, and he's wasn't, not wrong. I, I'm sorry, isn't isn't Lou the one that traded him? Uh, or was or was that the boy wonder? I don't think it was Lou. Okay, so it was Dubas that did it. I think it was the year right the year after. But anyways. So I'd be curious. Like that that tie right there either makes it super possible or impossible, depending on what <laughs> yeah, Kadri's relationship was with Lou. Oh, that's funny. I mean, he right, very man. much fits their sandpaper defensive game vibe. And then gives them someone that can provide offense behind Barzell. Yeah. I don't know how they afford it, but I mean, how much longer is Brazil even going to be there if he can't? <laughs> what's, the, what's that line in the other guys? I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. <laughs> He's the one that signed a three-year bridge. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious with him because you, you heard it a lot from Josh Letty, right? That like how sad Nick was to be traded. Not because like 
oh, I'm going to Detroit. This sucks. More so like I love the boys. Like he got the news while he was in Vegas with like eight or nine of his yeah. Islanders teammates, like such a tight group. And you wonder if Barzell wants to stay because he's one of the guys. Or if Barzell wants to go back to the West Coast and be the man of a new up-and-coming team, the Seattle Kraken. I mean, that certainly works. How sick would that be? Imagine Seattle hockey um, fans who followed the Thunderbirds. It doesn't make a lot of sense, if we're being honest, just, well, just on paper just, with their centers. I'm throwing the hell. You know, stop ruining my fun here. <laughs> I just I see it, I see it now. Those who those in fucking Kent, Washington, you know, who who are ridiculed. You're not actually Seattle. Seattle never had a hockey team until now, and they were supporters of the Thunderbirds for so long. And their boy Barzell comes back, and they all go, "We've been following this guy forever. Forever, he's the king." That would be unreal. That yeah, that'll definitely happen. I got you, man. Yeah. No more negativity. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to everyone tuning in on google spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from a reminder the brewery travels back on our podcast feed so soda pod content every single day of the week monday wednesday hoppy and i for the soda pod tuesday judd's buds subject to change uh, well, that's, yeah that sounds like that's already changing so disregard <laughs> as far as i know an episode's coming out this tuesday but the whole subject to change but every thursday brewery travels on our feed and then the mncaa will pick back up when will college news and everything pick picks back up every friday don't forget to check out our youtube channels we're continuing to drop brewery tours and live sit downs are just unbelievable content beer content on our youtube channel so check that out if you haven't already and yeah that's it. Don't forget to give us five stars if you're on iTunes and Apple Podcast as well. We really appreciate it. Signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod. We are not presented by anybody yet. Don't fear. <laughs> Just drink some beer and stay wild.